everyday witches emerge from the shadows of secrecy. Broom closets are flinging open and witches are taking flight. Whether you are hiding in your cozy closet or flying with pride, stay for a spell as witch casting with Theodora Pendragon and her guests share magical moments, stir the cauldron and debunk misinformation and misconceptions about paganism, witches and our wonderful world of magic. everyone. I'm Theodora Pendragon, your host, and today I have a double special guest because she's been on my podcast before, and she reached out to me and asked for another episode, and it's going to be on a special topic. I want to point out that I do get feedback through Instagram through private messages on Instagram about my episodes. Some episodes resonate with people and other episodes don't resonate with people. Today, I have Cole back and she is going to give us some feedback on episode 42. Welcome back, Cole. Thank you. I'm happy to be here again. Let's talk about what your concern is about episode 42. I listen to all of your podcasts and I absolutely love them. They're one of my main highlights now and part of even now my spiritual journey. And episode 42, you had a guest that mentioned Ouija boards and immediately stated that they were created for evil purposes and that the board is evil. And I had a very, even physical, gut-wrenching reaction to that statement. And I really wanted to talk more about that. Just a little bit about me in that I actually am an artist and I create spirit boards, which I can't sell them as Ouija um, because Hasbro owns the copyright for that name. So... Another name, Ouija boards, would be spirit boards, talking boards, and also witch boards. And so I actually create them. I even teach workshops on Ouija boards. I even, because if, you, if anyone's listened to my last podcast, I'm a little bit of a nerd, and I like how I can have some science behind it as well. So I actually will even talk a little bit about the science behind um, spirit boards and technically how they really work. So right off the bat, tools are just tools. You know, uh, we in a society where we've got guns and, and people are dying because of shootings, you know, it's not the guns that kill people. It's people kill people. It's the same thing with spirit boards. It's not the spirit board calling in evil spirits. It's usually naive people accidentally calling in spirits that they didn't mean to call or um or someone maybe even intentionally calling someone evil uh, or something evil in most stories that i hear from them it's usually because they're naive and just don't understand 
So I'm actually just a little bit um, about the brief history and a little bit of the science behind it. So uh, <clears throat> Ouija boards or talking boards, uh, if people don't know what they are, it's basically a, a board that has letters, numbers, the word yes, the word no, hello, and goodbye. And usually there's something that moves, like it's actually called a planchette that people put their hands on that gives an entity, a spirit, or energy to move it so that you can communicate with spirits. And spiritual believers insist the messages come from supernatural entities that could be quote-unquote good or, or bad. Um, I leave that up to um, individual interpretation on those things. But it is definitely a tool. You know, if a knife's just laying there, it's just laying there. If the Ouija board's just laying there, it's just laying there. But everything does have energy, and certain energies are attracted to them. Have I noticed when I make my spirit boards, some of them are a little more powerful than others? And do I, like, recognize energies like, ooh, this is really good energy to be around? Or do I feel that? Yes. But is it calling it? Well, no, no more than your Bible would call angels or your crystal would call your higher chakras or powers. You know, it's it's just or you yourself or your own home, for instance. Things need to be cleansed regularly. Even our own bodies and souls need to be cleansed. It's the same thing with a spirit board or an athame or a chalice, depending on your spiritual beliefs. The closest thing to a Ouija board, it was planchette writing, where it's just the planchette, but it's connected to a pencil. And that was in 1100 AD in China during the Ming Dynasty. So that's like the first recorded Ouija board, if you will. The next thing after that, that kind of similar to the Ouija board is in the 1850s, table turning is popular in Europe. It's where a bunch of people are touching a table that is purposely tilting you know you go to the restaurant you have a table that tilts and you can't stand it and you shove napkins under it well no they did this on purpose and everybody would be touching the table and they would communicate with spirits that way much like the planchette would move well the table would tip or move based on the person's questions or however they i've never heard of that yeah it's it was really popular in europe and i think they would have maybe the alphabet around the table and then call the letter over that and if the table tilted towards that then they would write that down and that would be their messages would you say that the ouija board is similar to the pendulum mat it could be yeah i actually when i teach these classes my class name is actually called spirit boards pendulums and the idiomotor response which is what is how pendulums and the ouija board and all these other things that i spoke about um, how they work. Can you tell us how they work? Yeah. The term idiomotor was first used in a scientific paper by William Benjamin Carpenter, which discusses the means through which the spiritualistic phenomenon produce effect. It was discussed that the mu muscular movement could be independent of conscious desires and emotions. If you think about it, atoms are constantly moving. Our body is constantly moving. You know, no matter how still you hold your hand to keep that pendulum still, our atoms are always vibrating and moving. Our energies are always there. And that's how I link it with the idiomotor response. 
And so it gives an energy, a motion for an entity, a ghost to tap into, or if you're using a pendulum for your own body to use its own vibration to help communicate to the user by answering questions. Or, and I don't think anyone's really understood the exact directions of a Ouija board or the spirit board, but when you're holding the planchette, it's definitely best to have more than one person because what your intention is, is to actually give a little bit of pressure. You are supposed to move it. You're so, but it's like if I'm moving it over here on this side, on the right-hand side, and someone else is on the left-hand side, and we're both pushing just slightly, not, not like force, but just like maybe the weight of your hand energy, pushing towards the center of the planchette, technically the energy or the motion should balance each other out, and it really shouldn't move. But what you're creating is mutual tension in the center energy for something to come in and go, ooh, I can touch that energy and move it around. And it's the slight jerkings of the planchette moving around is your spirit entity, whatever you're trying to communicate with, that is moving the planchette. And the more people you have, the better, because then you have a higher force in the center for something to come in and touch. This is my explanation of it, and I also use it in conjunction with explaining the idiomotor response and the fact that we're all, all of us are always moving and having this energy. And that's the function of the planchette. Um, so people are like, well, you're moving it. You're moving it. Well, well, of course we are. We're all pushing towards the center, giving a force for something to, to use to communicate with us. Another explanation that I was given probably 30 or 40 years ago is that our subconscious knows everything, and it's coming through our subconscious. Would you agree with that? I do agree with that, especially with the pendulum, because you're asking your own body, your own higher self, and that is definitely a more personal energy movement that you can really see and relate to, especially if you do a lot of pendulum work. I know a lot of people that I've met when I used to work in an acupuncture office they, there was, I met a few people who used the pendulum for their own health. And they, I've seen people like whip it out right then. Like, is this an herb that I should be taking? You know, and quickly ask those questions. And they've gotten so good with their pendulum that they're just one with what their body and higher, higher selves, higher consciousness is trying to tell them. So spiritual, health-wise, I mean, personal-wise, uh, pendulums are pretty amazing. I use that actually more than I would use a spirit board. I have a huge collection of pendulums because I can't help myself when I go to the store. Yes. There's always one that I have to buy. And I have one in my purse. And I also have one on my nightstand. And sometimes just before I go to sleep, I'll ask a few questions. and like, oh, okay. Now I have an answer. Yeah, no, I think pendulum work is a good place to start for... Any person that's actually like seeking something a little bit higher is, you know, some people are like, oh, let's go to tarot cards or Ooh, let's go to this. Pendulums are really personal and um, really unique. And I highly recommend them. The first time I ever had any experience with the Ouija board, I was a young child. I must have been in elementary school and my mom bought one and we used to play on it. And I don't want to say play. When I was a child, I thought, oh, this is fun. So to me, it was like play. 
but my mother would get upset if we started laughing. And she said, this is serious. This is a Catholic woman. And she believed in the Ouija board. Well, it's interesting because on the game board, if you're buying it, the Hasbro Ouija board, it even says on the side of the box, this is just a game. It does say that. But it is. It's sold as a game and is played as a game. And actually, it's interesting that you say that my first experience with the Ouija board was also elementary, middle school. We were in Colorado and we were doing a lot of really interesting um, tours. Like we went to the St. James Hotel before, way before it burned down. Um, I think it burned down in the late 90s. We went to the Reflection Cemetery, which is still there after visiting these really cool haunted places. My mom, my uncle my aunt and some of their friends and then me we all sat around a Ouija board and we we ended up playing with it and actually it ended up being kind of scary for me because my mom had such a physical reaction to it we I think we were contacting my aunt Mavi who passed away when I was nine as it was spelling out the name Mavi before it could get to once it got to V my mom freaked out and said, no, you're not. You are not her. How dare you talk to my daughter and try to manipulate us? You evil being. I mean, she like yelled at this board and grabbed me by the hand, took me out of the house, into the car and back to, I think we went back to my aunt's house. Um, I don't remember where we were going. I just remember the trees and we were, because they lived in the mountains but yeah, it was a very interesting experience, but it was one that I never forgot. And then I had another experience when I was in, when I was an eighth grader, almost freshman. It was like summer between the transition. I went to my friend's house and she put salt a- around her bed and we had the intention to call, I think we were calling Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> we did, we, 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 she, and she actually was pretty knowledgeable. She was the same age as me. And we're sitting on her bed. We had a candle lit and we had, uh, it wasn't even a standard Ouija board. She just had a piece of construction paper that we wrote down the alphabet. And and then we had a little shot, like a little clear shot glass, maybe a little wider than one. I don't know. And we were trying to contact Marilyn Monroe. And I don't think it worked. We ended up just giggling, but she was like, nope, we need, we need to set up a safe space. So we're going to put a salt circle and say that we don't want anything other than what we call no negative energies. If it's not Marilyn Monroe, they are not welcome here. And we stated that out loud. And then we lit the candle and set our intentions. And then we just set to on the board to see if we could contact Marilyn Monroe. Whenever I played with the Ouija board, I never really thought of calling upon anyone that I knew. Mm-hmm. I only asked, is someone here? And as soon as I said that it would start moving. It's like, oh, someone's here. And mm-hmm. then I'd ask, who are you? What's your name? How old were you when you died? And that was fun in itself. Mm-hmm. What's interesting, and I, I wish I could find it, it's somewhere deep in the dark hole of my documents folder, but I would like to give them credit because I read um, this great outline on even like not just the instructions of the game, but how to actually, you know, set your intentions and to understand the game and um, from a spiritual aspect, like you're going to communicate with somebody. And he put in there in this document, and it was a very good question. It's like, okay, you live on a busy street 
in downtown whatever city and you just open your doors and say, my home is open. Who is here? Who wants to come and sit down and talk to me? Would you do that in real life? Like say, I don't know, downtown San Antonio, downtown Albuquerque, downtown New York City. Would you do that? And it's like, well, no, I wouldn't because you don't know who you would get. And that's exactly the question, the answer that he's looking for. He's like, exactly. You don't know who you're going to get. So if you just open yourself up and say, who's here to talk to me? Then you, that's where the naivete and possible negative energies or entities that don't really have the best intentions. So when he said that and I started getting more involved in it, I was like, okay, well, then I will only use the spirit board if there's a specific person that I want to talk to. And actually there is. I would love to talk to my grandmother, but I don't have a group of people yet that's willing to get together and do that. So my Ouija board usage actually went down like a lot. Like it had to be a very specific seance reason why I would use the tool. And that is how I've always presented it to when I sell them as well. When I'm out at work um, festivals and I'm selling my my spirit boards and talking boards, um, I usually try to make sure that I get that. And I even print out the um, document that I got from this gentleman that explains all of that. And then also it gives additional information where he talks about, yes, once you let go of the planchette, you release the energy that a spirit can attach to, but make sure you go back and grab that planchette and go to goodbye, you know, to actually say goodbye, which ends the session so that the possibility of an entity linking to a physical item such as a board, that lessens, especially if you have that belief system. What you're talking about is spirit board etiquette. Yes, yes, very much so. I like that, spirit board etiquette. Mm -hmm, I do too. I wonder, that's not his title of his document that he had. Now that we're talking about spirit board etiquette, tell us the do's and don'ts. Well, don't just open your door. Say, who wants to talk to me? Anybody is welcome. No, 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 no. <laughs> so I was doing it all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't say it's wrong. It's a good way to communicate with somebody, but it's also a good way to communicate with something that you don't really want to talk to. So just like you had another episode where a young a woman was talking about manifestation, you know, be careful what you wish for, because you might just get it. So careful who you open the door to, because you never know who you're going to get. That's a good point. Now, for those people who have belief systems that it's going to draw something in, then are you going to want to use your the home that you live in, that you sleep in, that you shower in as your main base to start your communication? Or are you going to want to go to maybe a hotel room or a... Um, a community space or somewhere where the, you're not going to draw them to your home and communicate that way. Just something that you may or may want to think about. Um, if you don't care that your house, it becomes a haunted home and ends up on those lists for most haunted places. Okay. That's up to you. But for me personally, I really don't want to draw anything into my home that I might accidentally, even if I think all of my intentions and manifestations my rules that I put out, if you will, I want to be careful, you know, a park, someplace, you know, more natural nature based might be really a good place to start instead of your home. 
you definitely want to be serious. I mean, it's okay to laugh. I mean, we're human. It's okay to be, you know, silly with it because, quote unquote, it is just a game. <laughs> um, but trying to definitely set the intention of, okay, I am really going to set the intention. I'm going to communicate with an entity. And if the entity wants to joke with me and we have a great conversation, okay, it's great to laugh. But let's not create joking and, oh, this is willy-nilly nothing. No, to take it serious that we're going to be communicating with something that is not of the physical realm. Ensuring your natural defenses, you know, so it depends on who you are and what you believe. Um, salt is actually a great egregore of energy, like a lot of people in Hollywood and in Wicca and in long-standing traditions and as well as just even the physical reality, salt cleanses things. So having a salt barrier might be one of those things that you do, like I did with my friend in high school. Um, lighting a candle and setting those intentions. Nothing that wishes us harm may enter our circle or communicate. You're not allowed to communicate with us. We will not allow that. Finally, the main thing is always, always end your conversations with goodbye. Even if you all let go and we're like, nope, we do not want to talk to you and I'm not touching that again. No, someone needs to touch the planchette and drag it forcefully to the goodbye to end the session, especially if you were speaking to something. And those are like the main ones that I definitely try to bring out to people. Oh, and here we go. I found the, it was how to use a Ouija board, an introduction by Daniel Kerm. Cumulato, C-U-M-E-R-L-A-T-O. Um, so if Daniel, if you're ever out there, just know that I am constantly promoting your, your document and um, I'm very grateful that you put that information out there. And so those are like just some basic stuff. Now he does go into talking about the session team. So you want a team, somebody, a group of people that you trust, that you are all in agreement and with how you're going to run this. Candles are pretty important. Um, I mean, candle magic has been around for, I don't even know how long, but it's such a huge egregore of energy that no matter what faith you are, candles are pretty important. And so to have those as part of your thing, definitely want to make sure everybody maintains their focus. Focus is really important. He also states, you know, part of focus is not to assume. Part of focus is to not assume what the spirit is going to say. As the planchette moves to spell out a word, you may know what the spirit is trying to say, but don't say the word aloud. So it's like, don't interrupt. Don't be rude. You know, don't put words in people's mouths. So as they're talking, even if they're having a little bit of a stutter and you're like, oh, is this what you're trying to say? It's like you're going to totally throw off their brain waves, you know, and here we're trying to talk to a spirit who who knows how much, you know, fatigue is going on with for them to communicate so definitely never want to interrupt or assume anything or say words while they're trying to spell things out it's going to break the focus i did sell one while i was at a um it was a monster con or something at the uh, manger hotel in downtown san antonio that's a haunted hotel it is and someone bought my and someone bought one of my um yeah, they even have haunted tours there. <laughs> hey, that's a great place to do uh, spirit board communication because, you know, there's spirits already there. So, well, we should do that sometime, Cole. We should. We should. <laughs> we'll meet up at the Manger Hotel, have coffee and play with the Ouija board in the lobby. 
Yeah. <laughs> that would be very interesting as far as spectators, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Hey, they don't mind anything to make their hotel a little bit more haunted. Great for tourism. I did have somebody buy one of my spirit boards that day, and they were staying in the Manger Hotel. And unfortunately, they never followed up with me because it was the festival went for the whole weekend. It would have been nice if they came and said, hey, we can't we talk to something. But who knows? Tell us what your spirit boards are made of and how you make them. I design them by drawing them out first. My wife and I do mutual artwork together. I do prefer them to go onto wood because it looks so pretty. So she does a lot of wood burning. And so she'll burn them into the wood. But I also have them as prints, like you could, like you would buy someone's, instead of buying the original art, they have prints of their art. I have prints as well that people could purchase. And, um, and then I highly recommend either using a shot glass as your planchette, or I actually sell these very small, very pretty um, glass paperweights, you know, so it looks like a, a, a globe cut in half, you know, and, and so it's also a magnifying glass and that makes an amazing planchette and it's so pretty and you can put like just a ring of felt on the outside bottom portion of it and it glides nice and easy around your your paperboard but you can use pretty much anything as a planchette various studies have actually been produced recreated the effects of the ouija board in a lab and showing that under laboratory conditions the subjects were moving the planchette involuntarily which is also that energy and idiomotor response that I really kind of like to bring into. The Ouija board itself and the birthplace um, is between 1880 and 1890 and in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, Helen Peters Nosworthy is affectionately known as the mother of the Ouija board. Um, she's the woman responsible to giving the Ouija its mysterious name. She basically asked the board what it would like to be called and it's spelled out Ouija and then when asked what the term meant apparently it's spelled out and responded good luck okay (laughs) very mysterious but the person who actually patented the Ouija board is Elijah Bond and an interesting fact um, Helen Peters disavowed the Ouija board after a personal experience with the board because it created a feud in her family. Um, apparently, some Civil War era button, buttons went missing. And when they consulted the Ouija board, it said it was one of the family members. And so it caused like a huge rift in the family. But the patent was given in 1891 to Elijah Bond. And the only reason why they were giving the patent is because which this is some family lore. I'm not a we're not 100 percent sure how true this is, but apparently the patent office declined to award it unless they could adequately demonstrate its claimed miraculous workings. So Helen and Elijah traveled to Washington D.C., where they were denied by multiple patent inspectors, but the chief patent officer took an interest. And the story goes is that he assured the pair that. If the device could spell out his name, unknown to Elijah and Helen, then they would get their patent. Well, they ended up getting their patent, so I guess he spelled out their name. And then just a little tidbit of information, and I didn't actually get to talk to him on the phone, but I did have some email correspondence with 
practically, I don't know what to call him, He's but he's basically the guru of everything Ouija board. So if you've ever seen any Ouija boards in Hollywood movies or documentaries, you have probably heard the word Robert Merck. If you want to know anything about Ouija board, you go to this guy. He even has a website, a nonprofit that also put together the Elijah Bond Memorial Gravestone, which now you can go see in Baltimore, Maryland. So it's basically a gravestone that is the, the traditional design of the Ouija board. And then, of course, on the other side is, you know, patent of the Ouija board, born this day, died this day. You know, it's your typical tombstone, but it is um, a gravestone that they put together in 2007. I really want to go there just to get a picture with the headstone. But Robert Merck was a major person that headed that and got it started. And if anyone ever comes across like old Ouija boards, I mean, this guy has all the different variations and possibilities from the original one that's worth quite a lot of money in his household. He's even done documentaries where his daughters are like surrounded by the Ouija boards and they're touching them and playing with them. And they're like, do they believe they're evil? No, they do not believe that they're evil because it's just a tool. It is a device. Definitely have my own collection of my own artwork ones. Um, actually, the picture that I sent you in your email will be the new picture probably for your podcast or however you want to use it. It is me and my pride and joy piece which is more than just a spirit board. It's a pendulum mat. It's a lunar calendar. It has a runic spell around it. It's amazing. And a scrying mirror in the center. So it's many tools. That one board that you create. Yes, the one board that I created. I can still burn it on any board, but I do have prints if people want to purchase prints. I did have one time when I was at a festival. I think it was like a holistic festival. And I had my spirit boards for sale, and I would say he was about 14 years of age, maybe 13, and he literally was screaming on the top of his lungs, pointing at my artwork, saying that they were evil, you're evil, you know, how dare you bring this into into this safe space, and like, just screaming, and then ran away from my booth. And I just had this, like, blank stare, because he was a kid, too, it's like, what do I say? You don't know where he got his information. Actually, I did find out where he got his information from because the dad came by later to apologize for his child's outburst at my booth. And he said, I am the one who's told them that these are evil, but it was not with the intention for, in this instance, for someone to you know, feel shamed by their artwork. And I said, well, I appreciate you coming and saying, you know, apologizing for that, but they're not evil. Do you? And then that's when I brought in the same thing. I'm like, do you think a gun is evil? And he's like, no, the person who kills people is the person that's evil. I'm like, exactly. It is just a tool. Because of that whole instance, it, it kind of left an interesting vibe, energy, and I didn't sell anything for the rest of that day. You meet a lot of people out there when you're at markets and festivals. And in general, people are usually very nice, regardless of what your booth has, you know? Exactly. But I am on the lookout for the original Ouija board, another one. But so far, the only person that I know that has it is Robert Merck. But I would love to have an original. 
You put your intention out there and you will find an original spirit board. Yeah. Well, this has been very educational. Yeah, definitely. And I'm really glad to have been able to talk about it. It's definitely a passion of mine. And I, I definitely want, don't want people thinking that tools are inherently evil, you know, and then we could get very theological and like, what is evil? But if people believe it, then for them, it is. So for the person in episode 42, for that person, they are evil. And so therefore, that object, let's just say if they had it in their home, it would draw the evil intentions that they believe so strongly for it. Our beliefs are so strong and people don't really realize how strong our beliefs really are on on actual items, such as the Ouija board. Yeah, it's whatever energy you put out, you will receive. Definitely. I'm glad episode 42 inspired you to come back for an episode to educate us about the spirit board, talking board, Ouija board, whatever you want to call it, because people can be limited in their knowledge and knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. Yeah. And there's definitely a lot of witches that use spirit boards. And they're very easy to make yourself and and use. So I am really glad that I that this became an educating moment and to also do so safely as well. Well, maybe you need to do one of those YouTube videos to show us how to make one. Oh sure. Wouldn't that be neat? Definitely. That would be neat. I should I should do something like that. So I hope I inspired you. I think you did. <laughs> well thank you cole thank you for the education and hopefully this clarifies a few things but you know sometimes you just can't convince people otherwise but you know what can we do just educate and hopefully people can approach things with curiosity instead of judgment i like that approach it with curiosity and not judgment yeah. Until next time. Until next time. Thank you, Theodora. Blessed be. Blessed be. Thank you for joining us for Witch Casting with Theodora Pendragon. Have a burning question or have a topic you'd love Theodora and her guests to discuss on the show? Contact her through Instagram at Theodora Pendragon. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next one. And help us spread the word by leaving us a rating and review and sharing it with your friends. See you next time and may your magic always shine.